Welcome to another Azure-centric podcast on our Azure Weekly Updates show. My name is Marcos Nogueira. I'm your usually host and the only one. And and with me, I have the other host and the only one that is Andrew Lowe's. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? Hello and welcome. My name is not Marcos. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the other one. Exactly. You are the other host. You are my co-host in this case. Let's go this way. Oh, it is good to be back, though. It's good to be back. And it's good to chat with you again. Absolutely. And, um, again, we have kind of an interesting week, right? I'm, I'm going to call this week uh, the week of mixed public previews. <laughs> Let's call the Azure Week. Azure, oh, we could even call it Azure Centric Week. Weekly Azure. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, I'm 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 feeling this is going to be a good podcast. <laughs> From the way that we started is going to we're, be. we're already full of beans. Exactly. Um, so I I'm gonna steal your line if 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 it's Absolutely. okay. Um thank you so much for tuning in, welcoming us into your your wonderful earpods and your living rooms and your computers at work. Uh, thank you. Give us a like and a subscribe and share it out and tell your friends. We really love hearing all of the feedback. We love the comments. Um, we totally admit uh, we're terrible with replying to the YouTube comments, but but our intentions are good. And we do actually respond to uh, quite a few inquiries actually on Twitter. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting because uh, sometimes we'll ask or feedback. So uh, if you're a regular listener, um, awesome. Thank you so very much. We absolutely love having you every week. Uh, if you're new, remember, subscribe and listen to the whole podcast and go back on the Azure Centric page and have a listen to some uh, previous topics that might be of interest to you. Um, Marcos hand procures all of the comments and the chapters for each video every week. He plants them, he grows them, cultivates them, and packages them up in a beautiful video for us every week. So thank you, Marcos, for wow. all the hard work that you put into growing our podcast. Yeah, and and just a disclaimer, I did not pay you, even not bribe you with beer. Okay. <laughs> I'm too far away. <laughs> this is this is truly volunteer Andrew Lowe's love about the channel. <laughs> Well, it's interesting, you know, once in a while we do uh, kind of the quick recap on it and we say, you know, uh, we joke around a lot, but we do cover some serious topics you, and you sometimes we talk in depth, sometimes we just kind of touch the top of it, let's say, but more or less, it, it's a conversation and uh, if you just want to hear us uh, have a chat and poke fun and uh, have a good time for a half hour or so, then tune in and again, listen to some of the the links that are on the on the on the site, you'll have a really great time, and it's a Absolutely. it's an amazing thing. Uh, Marcos is your a great resource to have available for us on this podcast. And I have and to, we think, and I have to say that this year we were talking about that we have great plans for this year. So yeah, just stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe, put that bell to just get all of the notifications because we will come with a very interesting topics and a very interesting content besides this weekly updates. So without further yep. ado, let's roll and dive into the updates.
So welcome back and let's jump to the first one. And the first one is the general availability of Azure Site Recover support for zone replications, right? Zone replication storage, managed uh, disk. Zone redundant storage. Zone redundant storage, yeah. thank you, for managed disk. And we could not start better than one of our favorite pictures of Azure, the Azure Site Recovery. So now this, what I like about this is, first is in GA, finally. I think it was one of the longest that I was waiting for to come out of the public preview. It took, for yeah, me, it took forever. It was, but it because seems like it was months ago. It was, this was in Ignite 2021 last year, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was not long time ago, but for me it took ages because I needed this for several of my projects to be able. So this what allows you is to have Azure Site Recovery support for the zone redundant storage. So we are not outside of the region. We are inside of the zone, okay? Because as one of the things that we have on uh, Azure, we have the zone, in this case, redundant. So the zone availability. So means that you are within the region. So this allows you to have replicate VMs or replicate services. Let's call it this way because it's not only VMs. It can be, exactly. it can be SQL Server as well or SQL databases as well to inside of the same region. There are a exactly. lot of benefits of this. First and foremost is uh, you are not changing, especially on VMs, the IP range. If you really need a, a disaster recovery, a truly automated disaster recovery, that if anything happens, you just basically swap to the, to the other one, this is your best friend because you don't need to update DNS, the IP range is exactly the same, uh, and everything else, it's exactly the same. So you don't need double infrastructure. It is called this, uh, call it this way, because if you have what's called the traditional Azure site recovery, right? That you are doing between regions. Usually yeah. you need a lot of more infrastructure, especially on firewalls and all of that, right? Oh, exactly. And yeah, we usually end up writing some automation to partner with it, right? Exactly. So custom stuff functions or PowerShell, whatever it needs to be. But the, the other thing I think that is really cool about this is compliance or data residency, right? So now if we have uh, in our organization approved, let's say Canada Central to use, now we can use Azure Site Recovery and with the zone redundant storage managed disks, it really allows us to stay inside central region without having to go to say US West or something else, exactly. right? So we don't have to now seek uh, additional permissions and all of the, the process and things that go along with doing that, especially if we're crossing a border. And sometimes even if we're crossing a state line or a provincial line, that can be a big deal yeah. for some organizations, especially when we think about uh, government organizations, they need to be specifically approved for different regions. So being able to stay inside Really great feature now. Yeah, it is. And it's not only that, because there are some regions that they are, they only have one region on that location. I remember, exactly. for example, for a long time, for example, Brazil only had one region, right? And and be yeah. able to going outside of that uh, um, uh, boundary of the country, right? 
and needs to if you need to really have the site recovery you're going for example to us you are bound to another type of uh, data sovereignty right that you need to do it on that country so be able to do this on the single region on that country is tremendous because not all yep. the countries have you have multiple regions right Oh, exactly. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the things, of course, as we know, what is it? 2025, I think was the target to have, to have all features available in each region. Uh, yeah. I think it was to have zones on every region. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Zones. Thank you. I think I said every feature. I, I knew what I meant. That's fine folks. We're really okay. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's water. I promise. <laughs> Mine is coffee. Anyways. Anyways, uh, I have coffee, but it's really cold now. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, long story short, this is a really good uh, move forwards. It's a big step forwards, actually, um, because now we have a lot of uh, a lot more redundancy, a lot more capability. Let's say uh, within an existing region. So uh, there will be some limitations. You have to make sure that your region is uh, on the accepted list, of course, and um, there, in the update, there's a couple of links that you can drill down and find out, not the least of which is whatever solution that you're using, it needs to use managed disks. Otherwise, this won't apply because exactly. this is for uh, zone redundant uh, on uh, um, managed disks. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why that was hard to say. Sorry. <laughs> that's, a, that's okay. That's okay. Moving to the, to the next one is the general availability of Azure backup releases, new updates for hybrid backups. This is a tremendous GA announcement that they have. Yep. Uh, and um, the backup release, it's now changes to a security feature to protect in this case through the Microsoft Azure um, recovery service engine, the, the RSA. Right. Yes. And and to the backup server and to the system center data protection manager. I don't know if that still exists or not. To be very honest, it's been a long time that I'm not using. Um, and I'm glad about Azure backups. But the Absolutely. thing is, Azure backups now. You can have it this uh, hybrid. And I was talking to a friend of mine about this, about protecting their infrastructure that is localized on premise on Azure That's right. using the Azure backup. So this release, it's pretty cool. So first and foremost, you have integration with the multi-user authentication. So this allows you to disable those security fixtures, right? Uh, as defined as the critical operations when you're protecting a resource guard. Um, exactly. It's tremendous, uh, this, this update. Um, any other that you want to cover besides I mean talking all of this? I don't know. I think I, I took too much coffee and now I, I feel a little <laughs> bit accelerated. It's okay. Um, so I think the, the retention of backups and soft delete state, that's a really good one it here is. as well. And uh, it's kind of a, a double one actually, because now we have uh, the free, and that's right, we said free retention of backup data when it's been soft deleted and it stays free for 14 days. Plus, on top of that, there's no data loss now. So no data loss is guaranteed and the backup policy is not enforced 
on the data retained in that soft delete state. And of course, this means, therefore, there is no data loss for those 14 days in the soft delete state. So essentially, you can do a full restore 14 days after the resource has been removed. And it's no charge for that uh, 14 days of storage in that soft delete state. So this is really great. This kind of talks to last week, we talked a bit about um, Azure Monitor and making sure that we're monitoring resources, protecting our infrastructure, making sure we're notifying the correct groups of people in the organization. This is part of that, right? So this is part of that whole ecosystem where we make sure that protection is there. Azure Backup is a really important piece of our Azure ecosystem and making sure it that is. we're protecting all of that infrastructure and those assets, or well, I shouldn't call them assets, resources, right? Absolutely. But one of the, the topics that I want to bring that for me is the most important one of all of these updates, new updates, is the unregistration blocket for protected servers with backup items and active or soft delete state. So these mean that if a malicious or accidentally, okay, you delete, your protect service cannot be unregistered. So what does that mean? Means that in this case, the soft deletion by default, okay, and that happens a lot of a lot of those times when you enable Azure Backup on the VM, for example, on those protected servers, it's on the active delete. So you cannot delete in this case the backup until you may until fourteen days, theoretically. Okay, that is so you delete that backup. You say that I don't want to protect anymore that VM, and it stays 14 days. The only way to just delete that vault is to going on the configuration, right? And in this case, take that the soft deletion out, and now you can yep. delete for sure those. But if you have protected servers, and if you want to still protect, and if you even if you going on soft delete and you are still protecting, you can no longer delete those backup vaults, okay? Because they are protected. So this allows for any type of malicious deletion, any type of accidental deletion uh, of even if you're going there, when we talk about malicious, it's not talking about only a virus or someone. It's talking like a grumpy, um, let's call it admin, that he wants to to do some arm at the company or to do them some arm insider threats insider exactly. threats exactly so that is what we're talking about malicious de malicious detection or deletion sorry not detection malicious deletion malicious deletion yep. oh my god what a word delicious delicious malicious what, what's <laughs> happening here <laughs> i think i'm i'm highly caffeinated and apparently without food so uh, let's <laughs> let's move on. Okay, you guys understand. It's all, it's all good. It's, so we understand it. It's a really good protection. Exactly. And it helps to protect the organization against bad guys. Exactly. Let's <laughs> let's say that. Oh my God! Why has happened to me? Oversimplified. Oversimplified, but, okay. but you get the message, right? So it's really important that part because uh, um, when you talk about backups, you're talking about disaster recovery and and business continuity as well not only exactly. disaster recovery but business continuity and it's really important that 
you have absolutely sure that um, your backups are still there, even if it's a protected server and, and you want to do that. So it, it make it harder in this case for you to do it. So you need to delete the VM to be able to unregister that and so on and so forth. It's, it's pretty cool what they are doing to, to even increase the security and increase the difficult of, of deleting those backups that you don't want to delete, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a good protection against kind of those automated threats of viruses and things like that that are going after your backups, right? So, I and think sometimes it's, it's protecting against us as well, because not very, not a long time ago, I I was with a customer that he did create some automation, and he used the force switch. Uh oh, exactly. You know where I'm going, right? So okay. all of this <laughs> will be prevented, okay, if you use this, the force one, because by mistake, you put the wrong backup fault or the wrong tag or the wrong anything that he was running on, on, on his script, and he deleted it. the wrong exactly. the top of that pipeline, and you're in big trouble. Yeah, that's why I'm a big fan, and I, I think what a great time to, to, to advertise this one. Add dash what if on the end of that. Just, just for fun. It's not always supported, but it's always worth a try. And when you're doing it, never uh, is it a set. It should always be a get. Exactly. That's always the rule I tell uh, even myself. Even even for when us, we're doing things at scale. It, it, it look at it look at it, even for us. We when we kind of preaching that right, even on this podcast and even on this show. And even when we are doing workshops and we are delivering training and all of that, I do that every single time. It's worthwhile. Absolutely. It's worthwhile to just run the command on what if to see the result, okay? And to see what's going to be the output if that is available, of course. And uh, to make sure that it's just kind of, just up and an arrow, delete what if at the end, and you run the command and you are absolutely sure what are you doing? I do that every single okay. time. It just takes me. And it's, in, it's interesting. I, I do the same thing too. And I actually had a, a client ask me about that about, uh, well, I guess about five weeks ago now <laughs> before I was on uh, my hiatus. But uh, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, but they were asking me, uh, we were doing a, a big cutover. And they were asking me, hey, why do you have what if on all of these if it's for cutover? Oh, so if I accidentally hit F5 and I run my entire script, it does nothing other than tell me what it would do. Exactly. Um, that way I just highlight only the, the one line I need to execute and I leave off that what if piece to actually execute that code as a production piece. It protects me and it protects any environment that we're touching. Um, we all do it. All the pros do it that way. And the bigger the piece of code, I want to say the more complex, the bigger the scope, the far reaching, the more careful I am. Absolutely. Uh, I always treat it like it's my first day in the environment and I don't know what it's going to do because sometimes somebody's changed something in between when we did our, our validation and when we go to do whatever we're doing, a cutover for something. Yeah. And that one little change that somebody did can make a big difference. So that what if um, saves saves you saves you saves the bacon 
saves the bacon is awesome. Exactly. So okay, exactly. let's move on. I digress though. I digress. That's okay because I'm hungry already, and you're talking about bacon. So yeah, the next I, that wasn't on purpose. The, the next one is the public preview of support of private links available on the new agent. Uh, man, it's good to have this because this is related in this case, for example, for data collection and Azure Monitor private link scopes and, and all of that. But it's really exactly. good to have your Azure Monitor agent, okay? Because Azure Monitor is one of those uh, public services, right? And be able to have these private links available internally for collecting that data and not trafficking into the internet, it's awesome, I have to say. But it's still in exactly. private uh, preview. So, uh, or public preview, in this case, not private. Public preview. Yeah, it's still in preview. So, uh, be careful. I think we cover a little bit of what the preview does on the previous podcast. I have that memory. Um, so, uh, I highly recommend you to just visit that. Uh, that we talk about, I think it was API. No, it was, it was about some some APIs uh, certificate certificate management for uh API management yeah I think it was that that part uh that we're talking about but uh yes so this it's really cool when you are on the restricting environment when you need special network uh, uh requirements for isolation from the public internet right exactly exactly yeah and some organizations they really need this, right? Because they have a directive to keep uh, even the monitoring data in a more confidential or more secure fashion, especially through transit. So coming from on-prem into Azure Monitor in Azure Cloud, uh, private links is a really great way to kind of encapsulate that and add some additional security and uh, data segregation. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's really important to have, to have that uh, when you want to protect your data, protect the trafficking. And even, for example, using if you have, for example, Express Route and leveraging all of that, right? So it's really important because the monitoring is not only inside, in this case, of the of the Azure. You can extend the monitoring to on-premises as well. So by able oh, to do that and by able to reroute that trafficking through the... Uh, through your express route, if you have it, it's essential in this case, right? Moving to uh, another another uh, update is the general availability of the new fixtures for Azure NetApp files. And man, they've been working hard. Oh yeah, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, there's some big ones in here. I'm I, I'm in to jump right in because I got really excited when uh, this one came up. We don't always get to work with Azure NetApp files, but when we do, man, what a pleasure. It, it kind of just works. It's so smooth, right? It is. Um, that said, they work really hard. Um, again, at that continuous improvement, always adding additional features and holy cow, are there some doozies in here now. So I'm gonna pick one out that I like. I know what you- Which was, you, okay, I'm gonna go for ADDS ah. LDAP over TLS. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I'm predictable of nothing sometimes. So, <laughs> so Active Directory Domain Services. This is our on-premises Active Directory 
I always like to kind of call out the difference. There's some confusion if we just kind of look at all the letters quickly. It's not Azure AD. This is our on-premises Windows Server Active Directory Domain Services. Yeah. So this is LDAP, which is insecure, but now wrapped over TLS, which makes it secure. More secure. So this is huge. This is huge. Is. So now we don't have to rejig the ports, mess around with LDAP-S, the LDAP secure protocol, which doesn't always work with all of the other things we need to integrate printers, multifunction stuff and things like that quite often yeah. uh, can cause some some challenges, it right? Um, this is a really big update. Um, I'm going to let you take over because I, I'm excited about all of them. So I don't want no, <laughs> to keep I, the ball. I, I know that so. you want to pick that. That's why I, I let you go first. But for me, that is important, but it's not the most important one, I have to say. That's uh, correct. Because That's correct. for me, what is the most important one from several times that I've been using Arginet App Files is the dual protocol, the NFS 4.1 and SMB on the volume. So this allows you, in this case, to just basically, okay, having a volume that allows the both protocols, okay, to the same SMB. So you can create NFS volumes and you can create SMB volumes. So it allows you to just use Arjuneta files for no matter what you have on the background. Uh, if you have Linuxes, if you have Windows, uh, it allows you to have both to this system. Okay, because a exactly. lot of those times there is a segregation between those two platforms, the Windows platform and the and the and the Linux one. And in this case, yeah, we quite often see separate file storage. Exactly. Yeah. And be able to do that. Okay. Uh, and be able to have, in this case, NFS for uh, that is Unix, basically, and uh, on NTFS as well. It's tremendously. Okay. Uh, it is huge. It is, yeah. it is huge. And that is the part that I like. The other one that I like as well is the part that it was going on the direction that you're talking about, about encryption, is about the SM3, SMB3 protocol encryption. Mm -hmm. So because that it was unsecured as well, like you mentioned, now it's a little bit more secure with the encryption of that protocol. So when exactly. the servers contact, in this case, or the service goes to Azure NetApp files, if you are using SMB3, uh, and please do not use anything else besides SMB3, Oh, okay. yeah, and we just went through that exercise not that long yeah. ago, you and I, oh we had God. a situation where we found, let's say some, uh, and I have to try to keep this all generic, right? So some insecure configurations. They were using SMB V1. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to call it out, but yes. Oh, and we had a bit of a heart attack, um, but that's all right. We, we uh, our attack was... I think was not. We, we checked some boxes. We, <laughs> we checked <laughs> we our hearts. Right we checked their hearts, right, to see if it was. Oh my gosh! It was kind it of a panic was, one. Yeah. It was. It was exciting, but the bad kind of excitement. Exactly. Right? And we we did we did get it buttoned up pretty quick, which was the good thing. But SMB three uh, protocol is definitely preferable because it can be encrypted, and of course SMB v one and one point one just 
no, no. Exactly. <laughs> Please don't. Okay. The other things that that I want to call out about these updates is is they are two that they are directly related to each other. One is the the original coverage coverage of Argentina files that did expand. So now East Asia, Switzerland, North and South. Uh, I don't know how they manage on that small country to have two regions, but yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, to doing that. Um, and West US 3, now they have uh, Azure Net Files. But going on the same, on the segue of the expand of that regional, now the fixture covers the expand as well on what's called the cross region replication. So because we're yes. talking about storage and we already have that on Azure storage, right? Azure NetApp files as well, they, you can use the cost region replication. So it will make easier in this case, if you are deploying these Azure NetApp files that by the way, it's it should be for enterprise kind of workloads. Uh, don't use this for your normal day-to-day -day life. Okay. Oh gosh, because, no. Yeah, this is not for dev tests no. either. Um, <laughs> it's, how do we say this? Cost optimized for production at scale. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so that's that. That was that. That is the the reason that I'm saying that if they expand as well. So now, uh, West US three, you're going to East US, and Southern Asia, you're going to East Asia. So you have the region pairs there uh, that they are adding that replication. So we highly recommend yep. to go to the blog post to just see it. What is the expansion of that region pairs that you are able to do it with Azure NetApp files? Right? Exactly. And much like regular Azure uh, regions, there's natural pairs. Yeah. So when we're configuring these things or when you're looking at adding these uh, services to your Azure portfolio, just kind of investigate a little bit those natural relationships. Uh, it'll save you a lot of headache in the future. Yeah. That's for but sure. those were those were the generic or the generally available updates. Moving to the That's next correct. one. So is the public preview. The special one here, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to go over? Oh, sure. Why not? I, I need to do an introduction once in a while too, right? <laughs> so now the flip side of Azure NetApp files. Uh, new features that are in public preview. So not ready for prime time in your prod environment, but definitely ready to test uh, is, of course, this new set of features. So the thing that uh, we want to emphasize is the continuous growth of our Azure regions. So now they've added South Central US and West US 3. Um, hard to believe, West US 3 just keeps on growing. It's yes. crazy. But they've added single file snapshot restore. That's huge. Right? Yeah. And one of the things is this allows you to take uh, the single file snapshot restore feature and you can include this uh, within a volume from a snapshot without requiring an external client data copy. So now you can extract that single file and restore it without having to do like a whole big uh, thing. You remember, we always used to have to restore to a new VM network, isolate it and use that to then get that one file that somebody needed and then copy it out one way or another and kind of 
it was always time consuming and uh, kind of complicated, right? Uh, so they've really simplified this now. Um, the days of kind of that jump host theory for, um, that's not the right word, I don't, just don't know what to call it, but kind of that man, uh, extra, extra VM piece in the middle there. Um, now we can just do that direct file copy uh, and get that file restored. So really cool um, uh, add-on for this preview. And I want to emphasize that preview feature. Exactly. But what I, what you left me, the, the other one, right? So the NFS protocol version conversion. Um, this, is, this is huge because if you are on NFS version 3 to uh, version uh, 4.1, Okay, now you are able to converse, although there are a lot of caveats over here. Okay, one of them is during that process. Okay, right now, and this is still in public preview. We don't know if you're going to change when it becomes generally available. But for now, exactly. before the conversion, the process is to unmount the volume. Okay, so that requires a shutdown of the application because you are not available. And then you are successfully converting after successfully converting on NFS 4.1. Although there are some yep. considerations, okay, that I want to point it out because I think they are really important. One of them is you cannot convert, okay, and 4.1 volume uh, Kerberos that enables on FS, NFS version three. So if you have NFS version three with Kerberos available or Kerberos enabled, you cannot convert that. Okay, for now, the the you cannot change the NFS version to a dual protocol volume. Okay, so we spoke about that on the on general availability on the previous yep. update. Okay, so you cannot use that feature that is now in GA uh, by using this. So you cannot convert a single protocol NFS volume to a dual protocol or the other way around. So if you are using only one protocol, you cannot use a double protocol or dual protocol, okay? So you need to stick on exactly the same protocol, okay? You cannot convert a destination volume in the cross-region replication relationship. So if you have that, you need to break that relationship to be able to do that, to be able to convert and then reestablish that relationship after, okay? So you cannot do that when you have. And converting, in this case, an NFS 4.1 volume to NFS V3 will cause all advanced features such, such as the ACLs and file locking to become unavailable because you are going down, okay, on the version that you have available on 4.1. So those are just the considerations that we want to bring it up. Uh, uh, to you to use this again this is not being used for for the dev test this is more for an enterprise kind of storage solution that's why you have all of those considerations uh, if you are new uh, to this i highly recommend going to the blog post and seek in this case the docs uh, document uh, to have way more information there uh, you have all the information but if you don't find it shoot an email text message uh, Twitter, or leave a comment below, uh, whatever you want to find us, right? Absolutely. Yep. Let us know about uh, what you need some some guidance with, and we're always willing to 
to do our best to point you in the right direction. Absolutely. In many cases, there's really good Microsoft docs to help support us through those journeys as we learn. Absolutely. Moving to a different topic, talking about costs, right? One of the, our favorite yeah. customers' topics is about costs. So as a public review, now we can do multitasking in the cost analysis preview, which is pretty awesome. Okay. That's fantastic. So uh, I, for the longest time, I've always had to like control click to get the new tab and then you can kind of explore and come back to your main window if you need to and kind of to do those drill downs when we, we need to figure out what a cost really is, what's involved in that, what resources and what Sucked. data movement, for example. Um, this is going to be a big improvement. Um, I can't really expand on it <laughs> too deeply, but uh, I think this is this is a big one. Um, and it's going to add uh, a lot of efficiency, save a lot of time, which of course is kind of fun because you're saving time, saving money in cost management. So that's kind of fun. That absolutely, way. absolutely. And I, and I think it's pretty good to, 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 to be able to build in all of those views and open, and open multiple tabs to different aspects on, on the cost simultaneously. It's, it allows you to be more productive when you're trying to do some cost analysis, some preview, try to change probably some of the fixtures um, or even changing, I'm, I'm keeping to my mind, like changing the VM in this case size to be able to predict yep. what's going to be your costs, uh, for example. Exactly. And that, and that is really helpful besides doing that and you need to go back and going back and go back and it's, it's way more functional, right? So it's, I think it's a yeah. horrible mention uh, on, this, on this podcast because we did talk about a lot of the costs and to how to save some big bucks. And then this is really important. Not as important as the next one, okay? So the general availability of Azure Key Vault increased service limits for all its customers. So what a way to just announce this, right? So, yeah, yeah this one kind of snuck in, yeah. right? But this is a big deal, like a very big deal. Why is it a big deal for you? <laughs> so the more secure and the more dynamically secure we need to make our usage of applications and different configurations. So if we think of, you know, we've talked uh, last week extensively a little bit about uh, SSL certificates and automating renewals of them. Well, Azure Key Vault is part of that ecosystem. So the more we start to rely on Azure Key Vault to help us and help secure our environments and using things like surface principles and automating things uh, by doing get calls from uh, the Key Vault, that starts to add up in our environment. So pretty quick, we can get to many hundreds, many thousands of requests per second, per minute, depends on how big our environment is and what we're doing. Um, so if we think of the case of like API management, um, it can be calling thousands of times per second, right? Um, pretty easily, especially if integrated with like an IoT solution. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there can be tens of thousands of calls per second, depending on the scale and depending on what we're doing. But the more we do those calls, that starts now we hit some limits, right? And what this is, is Azure, or well, Azure has increased the service limits for all customers 
and uh, I'm just going to double check this. This is current, right? So general availability. And now we get 4,000 get transactions per 10 seconds instead of the 2,000 that we had before. So doubling what we have available now. So this is really, really what I was talking about. Now, if we hit 2,000 per 10 seconds, um, now we're getting that 4,000. So, you know, Azure wants us to secure our environments. They want us to follow things like, uh, you know, well-architected framework and uh, the adoption framework, the cloud adoption framework, right? And those frameworks, those rules tell us that we should be dynamically securing. So we should never know what the passphrase is, for example, but we should use uh, an automation call to say, get that password and apply that passphrase here. Now, we have to use a tool like Azure Key Vault when we're doing exactly. that. So the more we secure our environments, the better it is, right? The more robust our, our tooling is, our applications are. But it comes at that cost of those transactions. So this is really going to enable a lot of organizations to use it more. And it's, again, uh, with a reduction of cost, it's, uh, it's almost a bit of a cost reduction week, isn't yeah. it? So, or a cost knowledge week, maybe. Um, because this is going to help bring down that cost, especially in the free tier users, right? And it's not only that, the the, the, the part of, I don't see that. I see these, these increase of service limits as the way that um, they want us to use this to secure your uh, your secrets uh to secure everything so and by enable this it was by by doubling the service limits because it's what they did is they doubling the service limits allows you to use this this awesome feature that is the azure key vault to other applications like iot mm -hmm. ones for example because iot if you want to do some kind of those types of integrations and functions and all of that that you have like thousands of uh, or, of um, processings per minute or whatever it is allows you to use this on a secure way because with this comes all of the functionalities that we've been talking and the features available on Azure Key Vault like be able to swap those keys uh, automatically and and kind of regenerate those keys automatically from time to time so now we can have our yeah. environment way more secure using azure key vaults in the way broader sense of um uh, usage for everything that we want even for iot for example that is one of the most demanding transactions per minute uh, environments or solutions that we we can build right so it's starting to get there um, I'm, I'm guessing that in a few moments they will increase and they will increase and they will increase until the point that everyone should not should not be using anything else besides Azure Key Vaults to manage. Because it's not only keys, it's secrets, it's certificates, it's everything, right? That you can it's, put it's anything you need to yes, secure, secure Absolutely. on your Key Vault, right? So it's really important to, to, to do that, right? And I think it's it's the best way that we can end our podcast. Yes, we did arrive at the end of our podcast, unfortunately. Um, but 
I think is the best way to to handle. So once more, thank you, Andrew, for for being here, for participating on this conversation. And again, if you are new to the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, don't forget to uh, to give us some love, even if you don't like my shirt or if you yeah. thumbs up, thumbs exactly. down, whatever. Even if you want that, you want to create some kind of um, sign up that you want uh, Andrew to come back to Canada. Uh, we are open to that. Okay. Uh, yes. So please come back. We are missing you a lot um, over here in, in this uh, fresh weather. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring back some warmth okay. with me. Thank How's you. That? Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, and uh, thank you, Andrew, one more time. Okay. Thank you very much, of course, to you, Marcos, but to all of our listeners Abs and viewers absolutely. as well. And again, uh, smash that like button. Let us know. Uh, leave a comment. And thank you very much. Absolutely. So I hope I can, you like this podcast uh, and I hope I can see you next week. So bye for now.